This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 88, the first part of the history of the Spartathlon. Yes, we are heading to Greece. In this episode, I will tell the fascinating story of how Spartathlon was born, the brainchild of a Royal Air Force Wing Commander, John Foden. I would like to thank many of you who have signed up to be a patron for the Ultra Running History. Here's a shout out to some of our new Patreon members, Debbie Holt from California and Matthew Olson. Please consider also becoming a patron by signing up to contribute a few dollars each month. Go to ultrarunninghistory.com member to become my partner. That's ultrarunninghistory.com member to become a Patreon member. Spartathlon is one of the most prestigious ultramarathons in the world. It is a race of about 246 kilometers, or 153 miles, that takes place each September in Greece, running from Athens to Sparta on a highly significant route in world history. It attracts many of the greatest ultra-runners in the world. In 2021, there were 341 entrants from 48 countries, including 17 from the United States. Entrants must qualify, achieving certain standards, such as running 174 miles for men or 161 miles for women in 48 hours. The course today is mostly pavement, but also includes a difficult section at night in the mountains on historic goat trails. This is part one of a series on the history of Spartathlon. In this episode, I will cover how Spartathlon was born, a story that has never been fully told until now. Thanks to Nick Papa George for contributing to this episode. In 490 BC, the Persians invaded what we now call Greece, landing at Marathon. Before that battle, a messenger named Pheidippides was sent by Athenian generals to Sparta with an urgent message to ask for reinforcements against the much larger Persian incursion. Pheidippides ran an estimated 155 miles and arrived at Sparta on the next day. The Spartan reinforcements arrived too late for the Battle of Marathon, but the Athenians had triumphed over the more numerous Persians. 192 Athenians died in the Battle of Marathon. They were buried close to where they had fallen. A mound was raised over them, and the figure of a grieving warrior erected nearby. People have wondered for years if the tale of Pheidippides could be true, running that difficult long distance across the rugged land in less than two days. John Foden was born in 1926 in Australia. John's father James was an aviator who learned to fly a biplane in England in 1917. His love for aviation was passed down to his son John. John Foden served in World War II as a paratrooper for Australia and after the war went to England. He became a career officer in the Royal Air Force, also called the RAF. By 1976, Foden, at age 49, had taken up running. He belonged to the Veterans Athletic Club and soon ran his first marathon. 
1978, Foden was studying for an advanced degree at a university. As part of an assignment, he read about the story of Pheidippides' run from Athens to Spartan, as recorded by Greek historian Herodotus. As a long-distance runner, that story caught Foden's attention. He wondered if it was true. Herodotus had been criticized for inclusion of legends and fanciful accounts in his work. Foden explained. I looked at the map and I thought, that's about 150 miles. I've never run 150 miles. I wonder if I can. Then after that, I thought, if I could do, do the same for Herodotus about running to Sparta, I might become famous. That dream stayed with him for several years. In 1982, Foden was a wing commander in the British Royal Air Force, stationed in Germany, and had been running ultra distances around Europe. His two passions were running and history. He wanted to combine those in Greece. I got an air navigation map, uh, which showed where the hills were, and with the assistance of some professors of Greek history at Cambridge University, we worked out the probable route by 1982, John Foden was convinced he had selected a route that Pheidippides might well have taken, 25 centuries previously, between the cities of Athens and Sparta, 250 kilometers apart. It was reported, Foden conceived the idea of repeating the ancient run, an attempt as far as the Greek athletic authorities were aware had not been tried during the past 2,400 years. When asked why he was doing the run, Foden in later years admitted that he wanted to be famous. The man who proved an important piece of history was correct. There's a running club about a mile away down there that I belonged to, and they thought the whole thing was a bit crazy. They, didn't, they weren't impressed because it was beyond their experience. They thought that a marathon was the superhuman and this was way beyond. Foden needed to find funding for the expedition and applied and received a sizable grant from the RAF. He called it the 1982 RAF Expedition. The British Embassy then helped to get permission from Greece for Foden to do the run. He recruited six experienced runners from the RAF to accompany him on the expedition. They were Ted Marsh, age 47, a warrant officer, John Schultens, age 27, a flight lieutenant, Norman Niblock, age 43, an air electronics operator, and John McCarthy, age 40, a flight sergeant who already had some ultra-running experience. He also recruited six other RAF servicemen to serve as a support crew. All six had marathon experience and included a medical attendant and a cook. A date of October 1982 was chosen, and travel with the RAF was arranged. Unfortunately, their flights from Germany to Athens were cancelled indefinitely, so they had to rent two vans for the trip. It was a long and difficult trip that passed through communist-occupied Yugoslavia. They had hoped to get to Greece sooner in order to scout out the route carefully, but they only had a week to prepare. 
With just a day to go, the British Embassy in Athens contacted Campion School in Athens to see if they would provide additional support for the RAF expedition. Campion was an English language international school. It was hoped to find runners and guides familiar with the country who could lend valuable support along the way. A team of six from the school volunteered to be part of the adventure, including four teachers and two students. The teachers were Phil Simmons, an art teacher, Dave Ireland, the school team organizer, Rob Biggs, and Andy Birch. The two students were Nick Papa George, age 18, and Ian Katsavalis, age 16. The four teachers did not speak Greek, but the two students did. Nick Papa George was born in 1964 and raised in Kenya to parents with Greek ancestry and lived among Greeks. The family moved to Greece when he was 13 years old and he attended the English school. Papa George would become a key member of the team, providing many miles of pacing. He said, And I used to do a lot of running cross-country and hang out quite a lot with the, the teachers running football and rugby. The teachers at the school were contacted by the embassy in Athens that the RAF group were doing this run and they needed some support if we could help. Myself and another student, Ian, were asked to join with four teachers. The school was enthusiastic and scrambled to get ready to help. On October 8, 1982, Foden, age 56, and the other RAF officers started out at Athens at dawn at 7 a.m. They began their run at the edge of the ancient Agora. The Agora was the civic center of Athens, but it wasn't only frequented by politicians and city officials. The area housed a market where people could purchase food and other goods from merchants. It was also frequented by philosophers who used the public space to establish schools and pass on their teachings to students. Before dawn on the 8th of October, 1982, Foden and his four companions stood at the edge of the marketplace of ancient Athens. From here, they set out for Sparta in the footsteps of Vivipedes. The goal was to finish in less than 36 hours. It was really a test initially because I didn't know I could do it. I was very uncertain I could do it. The five runners tried to follow the route that Foden had researched, which went both on paved road and cross-country on ancient military routes. Foden said, The course was along shepherd's footpaths and stony farm tracks, not so very different to those Philippides probably used. Even parts of the road along the coast to Corinth were so bad, it was little better than a farm track. Well over half the course was what the British and Americans would call a trail. The RAF crew of six in two vans tried to follow along on nearby roads. They fed on military meals ready to eat along the way, and their cook prepared a hot meal of pasta and rice about every 30 miles. Mmm, yummy. The five runners initially stuck together trying to cover each other's backs. Later, they became split up and ran on their own paces, making things more difficult for the support crew. Marsh, ahead, had had no food all the way to Corinth Canal, so he stopped to buy some from a shop. 
McCarthy was so thirsty he tried to drink from a tap at a petrol station. But the owner set his dogs on John to chase him away. Niblock dropped out early before Corinth at about 50 miles because an old knee injury had given him some pain. It wasn't until later in the day that the six helpers from Campion School joined in. The teachers brought two cars they owned to make the rugged trip. Two very old Mercedes. Papa George explained. Well, we just heard that the, the runners had started at 7 o'clock in the morning outside of Athens, just as the sun was rising. And, and after school, we met up with them at about 4 p.m., just past Corinth, the 80-kilometer mark. Papa George initially paced Marsh during the early evening, but Marsh gave up about 40 kilometers later because he had gone out too fast and was very disappointed. Marsh and Papa George jumped into the car driven by one of the teachers. Bloody, let's go! The team from the school had a great time along the way, drinking beer, playing loud music, and stopping at cafes along the way. The two Greek-speaking students were a great asset to have along, because once out in the rural villages, people only spoke Greek. Things were confusing as the runners were spread out, supported by the four vehicles that would go ahead, wait, and at times would go back looking for them. So I sat in the car for a while, because the way it was, the RAF expedition, it was actually pretty badly planned <laughs> for an RAF expedition. Navigation was a challenge. Forden explained, Wide junctions were the bane of our lives as we only had the vaguest idea of Greeks' geography, and notices pointing to different directions meant nothing to us. The roads were bad in the dark. The car Papa George rode in caught up with the runner McCarthy. Papa George paced him late into the night until about midnight. Foden, remember? Navigating at night and in the gray mark of dawn was tricky. Complicating matters, radio contact between the two support vehicles was lost in the mountains, and their ability to communicate with each other was severed. Can you hear me now? Dogs were probably their most severe danger. These were a nuisance at all the country villages. We armed ourselves with stones to throw at the mongrels and skirted the villages to avoid them. This meant stumbling across fields in the dark. So we're running through this field trying to go in the more or less right direction. And um, we stopped at some point to sit down and maybe have something to drink or eat. Or... And then there was some shooting. There were some local hunters that were shooting after something. And we thought that they were shooting after us, which could have been the case, but they weren't. Anyway, we ended up legging it across this field and getting into the bushes on the other side and getting back onto the road and continued our run. The runners and crews made a 3,000-foot ascent of Mount Parthenion via Sangus Pass during the dead of night, a mountain climbed anciently by Pheidippides. It was in this empty region that the runner met the great god Pan, disguised as a shepherd. The god told Pheidippides, he would stand by the Athenians in the battle to come, if only they would worship him as other Greeks did. Foden described, By then the three of us still running were spread over about 20 miles, 
and when we reached the pass, had to individually find our way over it without any aids except the moonlight shining on stones polished by shepherd's boots over the centuries. It was very eerie to be high up in the mountain at night in a foreign country and far from certain that we were on the correct path. Papa George and Birch's old Mercedes pushed up the mountain on steep and rough switchback roads. We drove up quite far, obviously not to the very top, it's too steep, but we got very, very far. And up there, one of the RS fans were there, and John Fodden was there. And um, it was full moon, and we were listening to um, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. And we got to the top of where the van was, as far as the van could get, and John Fodden was there, and he was in all sorts of trouble. He was irritated, he was irritable, and um, whether it was the cook or the physiotherapist or who it was, we were trying to get him to stop you know, to, to pull out, but he would have nothing of it. He said something like quite loudly and swore and went round the back of the van, uh, disappeared for a little bit, had a sh came back and said, right, I'm off. And off he went. There were no roads then. All I was doing was following goat tracks and to know where I was going, I had to look for the North Star. I knew that if I kept the North Star behind me, I'd be going west towards Sparta. Papa George got back in the car for much-needed sleep. For much of the second day, Papa George ran with Foden. They ran together in the morning as the sun was coming up and the fog was dissipating. Early, early morning told me the story about Philippines and meeting the god Pan. I remember talking about it a lot and thinking, I mean, I was, I was 18. He was eccentric, yes, but he, he was very knowledgeable. I mean, he knew a lot of stuff. I ran with him for a long, long, long while. The last 50 miles were fairly flat. Foden said, I ran on the second morning in considerable heat for about five hours without drink because our support vehicle could not find me. I was reduced to a slow walk. On the other hand, it was a challenge. And in that sense, we actually rather pleased that it wasn't easy because we thought it made it much more realistic to what Phidippides himself would have had to do when he just didn't, wouldn't have been able to carry enough water and food himself to cover the whole distance. Foden caught up with McCarthy and Papa George traded off to pace McCarthy. And I ran a little bit with him uh, and then he, he was in all sorts of trouble. This is like in the afternoon of the Sunday, maybe three, four, five o'clock. He was really unable to stay awake or run more than a little bit, getting massaged by the physio and he uh, was getting back in the car and then he was trying to sleep for a bit and he was really, really, really tired. But again, very, very gritty and he continued. In the early evening of the second day, Foden neared Sparta. There was one final climb. I hated that. I nearly couldn't do it. Having gone all that way, I suddenly felt I can't run up this bloody hill. But he made it over the hill and then was surprised at the reception that he received as he approached the city. He said, When I ran, no one knew what I was doing until I got near Sparta. Suddenly, there were lots of people all over the place. Schultens was the first to finish in about 34 hours, 30 minutes. It was reported, for Schultens, there was a rousing cheer from the locals as he entered the sports stadium in Sparta to cross the finish line. 
Foden finished in 37 hours, 37 minutes. And I just didn't know what to say. I said, we've proved a part of your history is true, that, that Herodotus was a reliable historian. What you need to do to let everybody know that your history is true is to make the route that I have run a race. Papa George said of Foden. For me as a kid, when I saw him up on the mountain and his attitude when I was running with him, he told me that they, they wanted to prove whether for the Philippine myth was possible. And while running with him, it wasn't a case of proving whether the, the myth was possible. It was more a case of winning on the day. He was so stubbornly after that. Foden insisted in later years that Schultens had gone off the planned route, taken a 10-mile shortcut, helping him to finish first. He claimed that Schultens had followed a nearly direct course and avoided the climb to the pass on the mountain. In fairness, all runners got lost, especially Schultens, who took wrong turns in the towns, so extra miles were experienced by all. McCarthy finished in third an hour and a half after Foden in about 39 hours. He had become lost and ran about seven miles further than Foden. Three of the athletes completed the run. John Schultens, John Foden, then 56 years old, and John McCarthy. They reached their goal in under 40 hours, finishing at the bronze statue of Leonidas, a monument raised by the Spartans of today to the greatest of the warrior kings of ancient Sparta. The three runners were thrilled to just sit down to rest on the steps at the foot of the bronze statue of Leonidas at the end of Main Street and just rest. The next day, the entire group got together again to take pictures at the statue. John McCarthy was still suffering. Papa George remembered that Foden stunned his RAF team with a proposal. But then something strange happened. Foden said, let's walk back to Athens. Everyone said, well, why? What for? He said, that way we can prove that's what Philippides did because he walked back. Professional messengers, they were allowed to eat at any inn or private house. They would go in and get their food or water or wine, whatever they wanted to get. So he said, we've got to prove this where it's possible. So let's walk back. And everybody said, no, we cannot do it. It was a bit strange that I was just a kid and I could feel, feel the tension. But he seemed to be quite adamant about doing this, walking back. And there was no support. And the teachers and the kids, myself and, uh, and Ian, they would not have the extra car support and us. They'd just be themselves walking back. And that would take three or four days. So fortunately for the whole, the whole expedition, in fact, I think they, they talked him against it. The RAF team later met at the British Embassy in Athens and had an awards ceremony attended by the Campion School teachers. A week later, the five runners ran in the Athens Marathon and then returned to Germany. After that, they went on their various ways and never did hold a reunion. Papa George, the young pacer, graduated from Campion School in Greece the summer after the 1982 run and then went to college in England. He continued running but did not hear about the establishment of the formal Spartathlon for several years. 
He took up ultra running and ran in the 2013 Spartathlon, but did not get very far, which was very disappointing to him. He reflected back. When I think back how privileged we were, all of us, not only the two kids, just one of these things that out of nowhere to be part of modern history, which is related to Philippides, like ancient history, isn't it? It's, yeah. Foden went on to help organize the Spartathlon for the first four years. In 1992, the Spartathlon organization awarded Foden a plaque and medal for his 10 years of Spartathlon service and recognized him as being the founder and first runner of Spartathlon. Foden continued to contribute to the sport, organizing races and serving on committees. In his 70s, he joked that his knees were now disgustingly decrepit and that his withdrawal symptoms from running were so bad when injury, weather, or common sense kept him off the road that he, quote, took to the bottle. When he looked at what the Spartathlon evolved into, he wrote, What had been an adventure expedition in a country whose language none of us spoke has slowly become an internationally renowned road race. It is now similar in style to the marathon, but many times more challenging. Like the marathon, it is based on Greek history, but it was the brainchild of foreigners. Foden ran for the last time in 2000. Later that year, he experienced a stroke that left him partially paralyzed. John Foden died on October 21, 2016, at the age of 90. Stay tuned for the next episode with the tale of the first formal Spartathlon in 1983. With that, this is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors. And most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances.